Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castelbert. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am... I'm a doctor. That's probably not the one you expect. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will. Where do you want to start? Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bigger on the Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch Along podcast. Today, I am joined, as always, by Harry Murdoch. Hello, Tim. Hello. Um, Sophie, I've got to... Sk- Oh, I'm turn my phone off. Um, I keep saying something a little different each week, but we're not going to be doing the watch along stuff until about January next year is when those episodes will um, will drop. So we're going to do like little fun videos in between. We've got a few special things coming out before then, as you know. But today we're going to be talking about doctors we would like to see return, like classic doctors, new who doctors, who we would like to see return alongside the thirteenth doctor. The fluidity of this podcast after three months of doing it is almost remarkable to some people. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start with the most recent actors. (laughs) You just say yes for no reason. What was that for? We're going to start with the most recent actors who have played the... We're going to start with the most recent actors who have played the Doctor. Well, we sung with them. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is ridiculous. (laughs) We're going to... Oh, my God. I think we should start with the most recent actors. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I thought of it. Okay, so current Doctor is Jodie, number 13. Number 12. I think she should return. You think 12 should return? No, I think number 13, I think they should bring her back. For goodness sake. I hope we see her in the Christmas special. That would be really cool if they brought her back for that. That would be cool, wouldn't it? You would like that. Yeah, yeah. Because she she got a pretty short run, only two series. So I feel like if they they brought her back for this Christmas special, that would be like a really nice thing for fans. (laughs) I I like this new character you've made of Doctor Who fan who thinks each Doctor dies when the series ends. He's like, okay, that was fun. That was that done. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm allowed to admit it was a bit of a kind of twist of a suspension of disbelief when they killed the 13th Doctor off at the end of Series 11 and then she came back like nothing had happened at Series 12. Like, that kind of threw me a bit. But... So what, what what was this person's thoughts on seeing David Tennant in that one Christmas special? <laughs> anyway, so we'll start with the most recent. Doctor number 12, Peter Capaldi. How do you think that iteration would work alongside Jodie Whittaker? Um, that's an interesting one. They're kind of, they, in many ways, they feel like kind of polar opposites when it comes to like the range of the type of character the Doctor could be. Yeah. Um, on one hand, you have Jodie, who's very kind of warm, full of life, um, excitable, ready to go off on an adventure, make friends with everyone kind of character. And you've got kind of, Pete Capaldi's Doctor, who's a very kind of intense, uh, quite alienating, uh, likes to give long, dramatic speeches. I feel like if they really played up to the contrast between the two, you kind of have a real clash of personalities that I think would be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I recently watched Into the Dalek, and um, I was really surprised at the difference between his first series and his last, 
there is a huge character difference. I mean, it felt like with basically every Capaldi series, they kind of reinvented his doctor in a minor or major way. Yeah, he's, a, he's much lighter and more friendly towards the end of his tenure. Yeah, like with Bill he uh, in series 10 and Nardole, he is just kind of like this, you know, fun university lecturer. Yeah, character. yeah. Kind of like very kind of... He, he is, has a warmth about him and likes to kind of has a joy in kind of teaching this kind of student about, you know, time and space. Compare yeah. that to how he is um, with Clara, where he kind of seems, you know, very dismissive of her as a companion and kind of, well, I don't know, he kind of raises his thick, bushy eyebrows <laughs> at a lot of things, you know. Robin Hood, hmm, not sure about that. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. It's, um, if if he were to come back, if 12 were to come back, I know they tend to, well, when 10 returned for the 50th, he had no companion with him. Um, John Hurt had no companion. Obviously, we didn't know he, he would yet to have one. Um, if 12 were to return, would he be with companion or without? And if he was with, would he be with Clara or would he be with Nardole and Bill? I feel like because Bill only got the one series and she was very well received. Um, I'd like to see him come back with uh, Bill. And yeah. I'd like to see him come back with Nadal. Which I love Matt like, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, Matt Lucas is fantastic. And I'd love to... I feel like he would jump... I mean, I don't know, because maybe he's a little too big for Doctor Who now. I don't know. You I know, don't he's, know. Doing, he's doing Bake Off. He's got that Mr. Potato song. Like, <laughs> what if Matt Lucas... <laughs> Yeah, that's like, true. Like, Matt Lucas could be too big for Doctor Now. I'm not sure. I feel like he enjoyed it. I, I met him at a convention um, the year he was doing it, and he was very friendly, and he, he enjoyed, you know, from interviews I've seen, he enjoyed meeting people, and he was very friendly. He recorded a video message for a friend of mine, and he was just really great. Mm. So, yeah, I think, he would, well, I think he'd come back as well. What is that, Sorry. You meet a lot of people at conventions. We do. I really want to do... You suggested it last time we spoke. That I, we do a video where I just yeah. talk about weird convention stuff that's happened. So um, yeah. let us know if people would like to see that, because I'd be interested in that. But before that, number 11, Matt Smith and Jodie Whittaker. That's something I'd really like to see. I think that would work well. I feel like in terms of new two Who Doctors, at the very least, um, when it comes to kind of similarities i feel like you can't get much more similar in terms of the doctor's personalities than matt smith's 11th doctor and jody's um 13th and for me the thing is like i don't feel think we've really seen many when we do get doctor team-ups usually they like to focus on kind of the way that they're different as opposed to the way that they're the same and I'm trying now to kind of think what is it that sets Matt and Jody apart from each other? What is the thing that they would kind of butt heads on? How would they contrast? Yeah. I quite like the idea of the two of them meeting and just being utter fanboys and fangirls about the fact that they've met each other. Do you think, do you think so? Do you think they'd act like that? Yeah, well, we Because you know, I can see... Sorry, go on. Because obviously we, we had that with... Um, David Tennant and Peter Davison, but Tennant's Doctor just completely fanboyed out. 
do you think Jodie would act the same with any of her past iterations? I think she would. I think Eleven would be very excited to know that he turns into a woman. I can see like the amusement and the excitement all at once on his face. Um, and I think it's quite known that um, well, we see Jodie wear a fez. That, do- that iteration mm. of the Doctor still has fond memories of being Eleven. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I think that would really work. I think that's a... But, uh, yeah, I think it would work because I'd like to see them just be awesome together. I don't think there would be that clashing of heads. I think you would get the clashing of heads from Peter and Jodie. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one because it's not kind of what you envisage when you see Doctor Team-Ups. Because usually when you see Doctor Team-Ups, like the best-known ones, um, Pertwee and Troughton and uh, Smith and Tennant, they very much focus on them kind of being a little bit dysfunctional. Yeah. So I... Maybe it would be refreshing to kind of see them be kind of this, you know, dynamic duo, like partisan crime. Yeah, I would, I would really like that. Yeah, I think it'd be good fun. So we saw 10 with 11, but we haven't seen 10 with 13. Obviously, David and Jodie have worked pretty co- closely on several projects. Mm. Um, again, I can see that working. I think that'd be good fun. Yeah, I think that would be, again, a very similar team up to... Um, to uh, Eleven and Jodie. Um, I imagine they'd kind of be more room for kind of bits where they kind of push each other a bit. Yeah. Um, ten, the Tenth Doctor had the capacity to get go to quite um, dramatic, emotional kind of places where so far the Eleventh, no, the thir- where so far the Thirteenth Doctor has kind of avoided going to. Like whenever yeah. anyone tries to bring things up with her she kind of always kind of takes quite a defensive sheltered approach so that could be interesting as a potential kind of chance for character development for the 13th doctor if perhaps her meeting with the 10th doctor would offer her kind of the opportunity to open up herself a bit more yeah i feel that's something that they've really lacked with jodie is obviously i know her best from broadchurch and her dramatic performance in that is phenomenally good and they haven't really played on that yeah and and they haven't played on that at all really with her as a doctor which is seems like a huge huge mistake not to do something like that it is kind of surprising really that kind of obviously Chibnall wrote Broadchurch Chibnall worked with Jodie on Broadchurch Chibnall wrote for Jodie on Broadchurch and it was a character she played excellently and you'd think that with this team up again, Chibnall knows how to write for this actress. Chibnall knows how to write to this actor's uh, strengths. And then the character, the version of a doctor which she's written for her, doesn't really play to any of the strengths which we saw that she had on Broadchurch. Not yeah. to say that she doesn't play this version of a character well. Um, she does a, you know, a great job at it. Um, but... I'm always kind of craving a bit more because I know just I know the places that Jodie can go to. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're maybe not going there for a reason. Maybe they're saving it. Maybe they just don't want to do that for this character. But I feel to engage, kind of... engage an audience, like... you need to do the contrast. You need to go, bang, she's now this. She's pissed off. This is why. The closest we got was um, that episode in series 12. Um, the one I can't remember what it was called with, Ma- with Mary Shelley and the Cyberman, the lone Cyberman. 
Yeah, I know which one you mean. Um, I can't tell you either. In that one, that's that's one of my favourite Doctor Who episodes in years. Like, I thought that was a brilliant episode. And part of it is that um, variety for that episode, I can't remember her name, but um, she really pushed the Doctor to her limits in that one. Yeah. I feel that's when yeah. you best see the character as well, is when they're put in a position of unfamiliarity rather than just putting them in, oh, I'm going to go here and follow me and watch this, Ryan, and look at this. It's like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so the next option on our list is number nine, Christopher Eccleston. I, I think we, we're eliminating the... I'd actually like to retract... Oh, sorry, go on. Um, on the subject of Night Doctor, I'd like to retract a statement which I made, I think, the last time I recorded where I said... I thought that the night that Eccleston now perhaps looks too different from how he did. I was just about to um, mention this. I, yeah. I saw, have you seen um, the kind of, the, I think it's a YouTube ad right now um, where a bunch of celebrities are making a part of this uh, ad campaign about um, Alzheimer's. Yes. And using Earth Orange as an analogy. And Chris Eccleston was in one of them. And looking at him, I was like, Oh, yeah, he, he could still play the Ninth Doctor easily. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. If you follow him on Instagram, he, he reads poetry on Instagram now and again, um, and he looks very different, but obviously we're currently in a, a, a pandemic in the UK and you can't really get your hair cut as often as you like, so his hair's grown out. But I know what you mean. There seems to be this thing with Eccleston where he could just de-age like that. I think it's something about seeing him in motion, seeing him in performance, like when when it's just a still photograph, you can kind of tell that he's older. But once he's in motion, just like you know, he comes to life, you know, as an actor should. No, yeah. So yeah, I think I would. Yeah, he could still do it. And I know Chris is keen. Sorry, I know Chris is yeah. all in favor of Jodie. And when he's been at conventions, he's praised Jodie. He's praised the fact that there is a female doctor. And he's even come up in conversations at conventions where he's saying, oh, you know, nine and thirteen that would work and if we're going to do it 9 and 13 makes this Good number one, so we do it yeah. in this yeah he seems like if there was going to be a, a an actor he would like to do it with now would be the right chance I know they have worked together on a stage show in the past I think it might have been Measure for Measure I'm not sure yes they have um, done yeah I, can't, I couldn't tell you what it is it, yeah and so they you know they've worked together before they clearly know how to work each other with each other and they clearly work great off each other so I would be all for that. That would be very interesting to see as well. Yeah. Especially because there's kind of, they ha- over their doctors as characters have that kind of shared um, characteristic that they both kind of hide their pain behind this more upbeat exterior. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I'd so, be interested to see whether they kind of unmask each other a bit. Yeah, that'd be quite, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, sort of like, finding out who each other is a bit before they actually do in their series. Yeah. So next on the list... I'd be real... That- oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, 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 I'm done. I was just going <laughs> to say again, that's a very kind of intriguing, exciting pair of probably the most exciting of all the ones we've discussed so far. Yeah. So next, chronologically, would be John Hurt. Now, my thought on this is, I would class him as a doctor because he appears in promotional material... He's on, you know, he's considered the Doctor in books and comics and, you know, his regeneration counts in the same way Ruth does. But I feel the passing of John Hurt is too recent 
for them to willingly recast this role. I feel it's in the minds and in the knowledge of current people more so than with classic Doctors, which we'll get to. I have a slightly different perspective. Um, I don't think you could recast John Hurt's War Doctor to appear the same way that he appeared in Day of the Doctor, but if I'm correct in thinking, in the um, short The Night of the Doctor, when um, McGann first turns into John Hurt's Doctor, doesn't his Doctor start off as a younger man? Yes, he does, yeah. I, w- I think I would be very open to the idea of them casting a younger version of the War Doctor than what we see in Day of the Doctor. That would be interesting, yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah, because when we see him, don't we, in like the reflection of the... Um... Like the reflection of a cup or something is what I'm looking at now. And he just says, yeah. Doctor No More. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm just going through Google now. There's loads of fan images of what this would look like. Yeah. So I think that's something that yeah. would be interesting to do. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know if John Hurt has any um, children or any children that are into acting. But if so, uh, they could be worth hitting up. Yeah, I think he's got some kids, yeah. But yeah, hit, hit those kids. Hit those kids, guys. And <laughs> um, Paul McGann, definitely can still do it. And Absolutely. People he's still yeah. People want him. Like he's like... Go on. You talk. You talk. <laughs> all right, okay, okay. I feel like out of all the doctors we have, he's the one people want to see a live-action return from. I know we have him in Big Finish Audio, um, but I feel a lot of people would be very happy to see him swagger out the TARDIS in his um, Night of the Doctor gear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You mean Eighth Doctor? Eighth Doctor. No, I said, I said Night of the Doctor. Oh, Night of the Doctor. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. I'd definitely be up for that. Yourself? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, I would love to see Paul McGann. Paul McGann is a very beloved um, figure, and rightly so. Uh, when it comes to like, Big Finish, he's like the Big Finish Doctor, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of you know, I've never seen of the limited. Oh, pardon me. Of the limited um, kind of exposure I've had to him, he always gives one hundred percent in his role as a doctor. Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be a treat. I think kind of the f- reason I think he most likely would not appear is because I don't think kind of the BBC would think that kind of in terms of the zeitgeist, as in the general public, most people only think of McGann as, you know, the Doctor who was in that TV movie from the 90s. Yeah, and I think that's a mistake. I think a lot of the general public know he's Doctor Who. Mm. Because I know when, yeah, they were doing, when they were doing the 60th, we, we, I remember we talked before and we said, why did they introduce the War Doctor? Why didn't they just have it so John... Uh, sorry, not John Hitt. Paul McGann's Doctor was the one who ended the time war because that's kind of implied and that would still work with the with the uh with the timeline of the show but recent from yeah. interviews found out that the bbc basically said nah you promised us to quote this year's television olympics of doctor who you can't just put paul mcgann in this and have paul david and matt which seems ridiculous i think that when it comes to kind of the classic era doctors um to a point um I feel like the only way that we would see um, classic era doctors coming back would be um, a if they were 
recast with someone notable or B, if multiple classic Hugh Doctors came back. I don't yeah. think that kind of any classic era Doctor by themselves is considered kind of a big enough name or a big enough draw for the show, unfortunately. No, no I know what you mean, yeah. But I feel like maybe McGann could get away with this. I think so. I think like if McGann came back with, like, say, another uh, Doctor... I think I could imagine it happening. I would love to see any doctor come back by themselves. But thinking with the mindset of what um, the show would realistically do, I unfortunately don't see it happening. But I think, yeah, I think I don't know enough about his doctor to say how he would um, play off against Jodie. Um, They could do a... I don't think it would bother him. I I can't imagine him being that fuss. I imagine just being like, all right, yeah, cool, nice one, and just carrying on. I'd like to think, maybe they could do like a... Is he from Liverpool, Paul McGann? Uh, Believe so, so, yeah. I'm just going to check that. Yeah, Paul McGann. They could have a a Northern Doctor trio. I'd like to see a Northern Doctor trio, him, Eccleston and (laughs) Jodie. Just sat there eating pies. Maybe pit, maybe pit them off against the uh, Scottish Doctor trio of um, McCoy, Tennant, and Capaldi. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. So while we're on the subject of McCoy, Sylvester McCoy, um, the anarchist. A... Sorry, the anarchist, the maverick. No, this, <laughs> this is, from this what is... I can tell, McCoy's Doctor is crazy. Yeah, this is one that I think you could just about get away with not recasting. Just about. I think so. I think looking at um, McCoy, I think I kind of agree that he's the last Doctor where uh, visually he still resembles how he did when you were on the show. Like I recognise, but you see him, he's like, yeah, that's the seventh Doctor. Especially with the TV movie. Yeah. Hmm. He looks. Yeah, I know that was a few years ago, but you just put a, a wig on McCoy and put him in that same costume and just say this is set a week up so before he regenerates. I mean, as you kind of, it helps it because he wears a hat that kind of hides <laughs> any uh, any thing Baldy. going on with your hat. So, yeah, I think very easily. And I, you know, he still does a lot of big finish, doesn't he? He's yeah, still he does, quite yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I know he still actively acts. I know that um, I went to Edinburgh Fringe a couple of years ago and um, there was a show on. I didn't see it, but it was called An Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman. Um, and it was, you know, an English actor, an Irish actor, and a Scottish actor, and the Scottish actor was uh, Sylvester McCoy. Great, yeah, and I know, yeah, of course he starts. He was in the Hobbit. He was in the Hobbit trilogy, wasn't he? Played a of tree. Of course he was. Yeah, he yeah. was the um, what was he called? Radagast or something like that. Is it? What is it? It begins with an R. Does it? Or I've not seen the Hobbit films since they were in cinemas. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> and fun fact about me, I've watched all three Hobbit films and none of the Lord of the Rings film. Well, no, I've. Seen Fellowship, but I always fall asleep when I try to watch uh, Two Towers because I watch it late at night, not because it's bad, because I watch it too late. Okay, so next on the list is a doctor. I think um, you really have to recast. No offense to Colin Baker, but he um, he doesn't really look like he did when he did the show, does he? Uh, unfortunately, um, age has. Um, changed his appearance. <laughs> I think he's the biggest contrast as well from what he looked like when he did the show to what they look like now. 
He's the one who looks to do the biggest difference. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing that they could potentially do with Plastic Doctors thinking about it. I think it would be a little bit lame, but they could have it. They just they only appear through an audio cameo. Yeah. <laughs> like you just hear them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, didn't the, all the remaining Doctors kind of record stuff for Dave the Doctor when they no, all appear? None of them. None of them. They're not, not record new stuff? No, but we, I've got some William Hartnell stuff about the Dave the Doctor. I can drop it when we get to Hartnell. But oh, all of okay. it is um, dialogue straight from the show. None of them were asked back apart from TB. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I miss I misheard them. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like in terms of Colin Baker making a full vis- visual appearance, I feel like without using the excuse that they used in the... Uh, that Children in Need um, special about timey-wimey stuff aging the appearance. Um, oh, yeah, I can't quite remember crash. what... I can't remember what it is, yeah. but no, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, but without using that as an excuse or going the whole, um, the whole um, curator route, although I think the curator route doesn't really work because... Tom Baker says we revisit a few old favourites and without sounding too rude, Colin Baker's Doctor isn't really considered a favourite. <laughs> Have you seen that video of Colin Baker slating the curator thing at a convention? I mean, uh, weren't all the um, classic Doctors a little bit... Um, hmm, so they bring back Tom Baker, but the, not the, the story I The story I've heard is that none of them knew Tom Baker. Well, okay, this is sort of a two-part story. None of them knew Tom Baker was going to be in the 50th. I don't know how much mm. you remember about that night on the BBC, but what the BBC did was on BBC One, they showed the 50th, and on BBC Three in the red button, they had like a special after-party thing, and the room was filled with past doctors, past companions, showrunners, producers, ex-producers, directors, like filled with like Noel Clark was there, Nicholas Briggs was there. Anybody? Was it filmed live? Sorry? Was it filmed live? Yeah, yeah, it was all live, yeah. yeah. So they're all there. Yes, it was all of them reacting to the show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Colin Baker slated that he said it was such a ridiculous thing to have us all in the same room and he says he sat there with Peter and Sylvester and all of a sudden Tom Baker's on the screen. Tom Baker isn't at this event. But no. he's suddenly he's on the screen, and it's sort of that. I imagine, you know, I respect their opinion of that's a bit shitty. We should have been, we should have at least been informed, yeah, that this was happening. Um, at the same time, when they did the five ish doctors, which we've totally got to do an episode on. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I've never seen the five ish doctors. Oh, you'll really like it. The the story is that it's the classic doctors trying to get into the fiftieth. And right. one of these classic doctors is Paul McGann. Now, at the, in the in the story of the Five-ish Doctors, it's Paul McGann, not really that interested. He's sort of playing it cool about not being in the 50th, but he's actually on the phone trying to get into it. Unbeknownst yeah. to Davison, Sylvester McCoy and Colin Baker, whilst they were actually filming the Five-ish Doctors, McGann had already filmed his return for the night of the Doctor, but couldn't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, like, it'll be a similar situation with Tom Baker that, um, with the 50th, that they wanted to keep those kind of cameos and specials yeah. wrapped in mystery. Obviously, they were public about David Tennant coming back, but they wanted to hold some things, you know, yeah. keep so them, their cards hidden. 
so then the other thing is that a few years later, Colin Baker's at a convention and he gets asked about the curator and basically slates it saying it's disrespectful to the previous incarnations of Doctor. Why was Baker, uh, Colin, Tom Baker, sorry, selected to be the curator? And I understand it from that point of view, but I also think you have to take the ego edge off it and the fact that you also used to be a doctor and understand that to the general public, Tom Baker and David Tennant are the two actors who will more than likely always be seen as a doctor, especially Tom Baker. He's, he did it for the longest. He's the most loved. Even people who haven't watched a lot of his episodes, I've only watched a selected few, but I know his importance in the show and you wouldn't have had the reaction from fan bases if Matt Smith had stood up at the end and turned around and it was Colin Baker. No offence, or Sylvester McCoy or Peter Davison. It, the only yeah. way you were going to get that reaction was Tom Baker, someone who had never returned to the role, so, sorry, someone who never returned to the show at all. Mm, yeah, like the only, the only Doctor who could get a similar reaction to what Tom Baker got at this point would be Christopher Eccleston. But even yeah. then, I don't think it was as big of a reaction. And those, and those reactions are character-based. I don't think those reactions yeah. are, I love oh, this character. It's, it... it's, I never, ever thought I would see this. I remember mm. when that happened, I was sat watching it, and I remember hearing Tom Baker speak, and my mum being like, oh my God. And I was like, looking at my mum going, it's like the camera pans and you see the back of his head, and it's this grey head. And I was like, oh, is it Pete Capaldi? Yeah. And then it cuts, and it's Tom Baker. And I remember just like... I'm pretty sure I started welling up like when it happened because I was like, yeah. I never thought I would see this. Like, you know that those actors aren't going to come back and play that role, but to actually have them in the show interacting with the first Doctor, uh, sorry, the current Doctor, mm-hmm. was just, it was so amazing. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it with um, my mum my and dad were in the room when I watched it kind because, of, you know, they have memories of Doctor Who and they, they really liked David Tennant. Yeah. Um, like the one bit of the whole special that got them genuinely excited and like you know brought that back that kind of you know nostalgia was seeing Tom Baker yeah because like Tom Baker was the Doctor yeah no, 100% He's, he is Doctor Who if you watch he is any Doctor, parody yeah. yeah if you watch a parody of Doctor Who they're wearing a long scarf yeah the only, the only quabble I have about the Tom Baker cameo is, and I remember watching it thinking, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And they never did it. And I really got it. They didn't. Is I so wish one of that Tom Baker would have just reached inside his jacket pocket and pulled out a little thing of jelly babies and offered the 11th Doctor a jelly baby. That would have been the icing on the cake. But then again, maybe it was slightly too corny for them to do it. But that said, they should have definitely have done it. Yeah. No, it was, it was very, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like no matter what they did in terms of bringing back old Doctors, they're never going to top that moment. No, I agree. I feel like, yeah, I, feel, of, I yeah. feel the next thing to that is in like 40 years' time is I'm watching it again and you have whoever the Doctor is then stand up and it's Christopher Eccleston. It's like, hello! <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, yeah. So after after six we have uh, we have Doctor Number Five, Peter Davison, who has returned to Doctor Who in the Children Need Special Time Crash, written by Stephen Moffat, where he met 
the tenth Doctor, and I think we briefly touched on it, where they explained the age, the aging by just um, he'd aged as he travelled in time to, or to, I can't remember That's what it was. The it was fact something... that like two Doctors in the same place caused some kind of, as Moffat always puts it, timey wimey stuff to yeah. make him appear old. No, yeah, definitely. I, I would. I think we'll definitely do a, a, a commentary, not a commentary, but we're definitely going to do that episode for our podcast at some point when we get to like, it chronologically. Yeah. All the children need comically stuff. I think like those, um, the one uh, with the TARDIS and the TARDIS that Matt Smith did. Yeah, um, we'll have to go back and do a curse of fatal death at some point, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So I think. You re you can recast the sixth doctor. And you can also now sort of recast the fifth doctor as well. You that be recasting the fifth doctor. How would how would you go? I don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? It is recasting weird because I feel it's strange when these actors are still alive. Yeah, I have a like, sorry. Go how would they feel? Is yeah, it's a question of how they. First of all, it's a question of how would they feel about it. And secondly, it's a question of who would you recast them as? Would you go for a notable name so kind of their name is equally a draw to the fact they're playing one of these doctors? Or would you kind of go for like relatively lesser known actors who can really nail them? I I think, um, what was I going to say? I just had a really interesting point. Oh, here we go. I feel... I know we're talking about recasting. I feel recasting is a mistake. I feel in a show about time travel and alternative timelines and changing history, there is no reason within the writing capacity that you shouldn't be able to include the current actors, the actors who are alive to still play the original characters. I think if you have the option to include the current actor, you should. I feel like kind of the show kind of set that as kind of like a benchmark rule back with the three doctors where even though um, William Hartnell's health had really deteriorated, they still brought him back to do the show. Yeah. Yeah. And have that one cameo. Yeah. Um, So I feel like if you can bring back Hartnell, well, I was just going to say, if you can bring back Hartnell there, then you can bring back any living doctor. No, uh, yeah. So now we we briefly um, talked about him. Just a, just, just very briefly talked about Tom Baker just then. Um, yeah, Could I. Could you feel... bring him back a second time though? Sorry, what was that? I, sorry. I mean, it's a question of like, could you bring him back a second time though? And if you brought him back a second time, would you be bringing him back as the curator or as the fourth Doctor? I wouldn't want to. Um, I love Tom Baker. But I feel to keep that moment in the 50s as special as it is, you leave it. Yeah. I know he's returned as the curator in Big Finish um, alongside Paul McGann. I don't know in what capacity that is or how that works. But, um, yeah, I feel like you leave it. Mm. He has been um, Terry Walsh and Tim... Oh, I'm going to butcher this surname. Tim Benedict or Bentidix. Um, have stood in for doubles of um, the fifth, the fourth Doctor. When I was on the TARDIS Wiki Doctor Who page, you found that each Doctor um, does have their standing doubles. So Sylvester McCoy had one, Peter Davison had one, who are basically people, if the actor's not on set and they just need to film them from behind, they put a wig and a scarf on them and voice over them in, the, in their production, um, post-production, post-production afterwards. Yeah, 
But yeah, no, I feel, I feel like you don't, yeah, you don't recast when that actor is still alive because you can still bring them back as a yeah. uh, story-wise. So you feel like you shouldn't really bring back Tom Baker to any capacity at all? Not really, like his no. time Not on screen. Pretty... Yeah. Do you agree? No, I can, I, I, can, I can see logic in that. I mean, the same argument could kind of be made for um, kind of uh, Davison and Baker, but we're past the point where we could kind of convincingly bring them back. Yeah, you have to be disaster. I have a theory on a story arc that I think I sent you once um, linked to the 60th, my idea for a 60th involving classic doctors that I'll, um, I'll save. But. Um, mm. Yeah, no, it sort of allows you to bring back the actors now to still play those characters and also it's yeah, nice to, yeah. to change in age. So now yeah. we go into the dark times where the actors have since deceased. Um, mm-hmm. John Pertwee, the third Doctor. I've, I believe now we're at a point where we can recast. We've recast the first Doctor, so I don't see a reason why we can't recast Charlton and Pertwee. And we have the perfect actor to do it. Who? Mackenzie Crook. <laughs> you want Mackenzie Crook to come back and be recast? He's already, he's already, he's already done it, man. The Wurzel Gummidge thing. Like, <laughs> he's already Wurzel Gummidge. So he may yeah, as well. Yeah, like, like, you know, like, <laughs> clearly he's <laughs> fully equipped to play any John Pertry role. I think if they're going to recast the Fair Doctor, in my mind, there is only two, log- maybe three now you've mentioned Mackenzie Crook. But there is only two real logical answers to this. One of them is Sean Pertwee, his son, who people will probably best know as Alfred in Gotham. And possibly, just from what we saw from deleted scenes from Adventure in Space and Time, Mark Gatiss. Mark Gatiss? Was he going to play John Pertwee at some point? Yes. In the Adventure in Space and Time, Mark Gatiss cast himself as the third Doctor. And there's footage online of him standing in front of the TARDIS, him. They filmed a regeneration scene between the second Doctor and the third Doctor. When would that have been in the TV movie, though? I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad they cut that because it feels like that would need like a whole film of itself. Perhaps they were going to talk about how he returned for the for the three Doctors. Right. But I, I honestly couldn't say he how Hartnell came back for the for the uh, for the three doctors. Oh right, are we going to make it about that? I Possibly, see. I'm not sure. I couldn't say, but that I'll, would make sense. But if I had to pick one, it would 100 percent be Sean Pertwee. Yeah. Have you seen the photoshopped I mean, images I mean, yeah. of him? Does he work? Does oh he look, man, yeah. Does he really look yeah, I'll try and find it now. You just chat about Sean Pertwee or something while I try and find his images. Yeah. I mean, nothing against Gators, but. Gatiss has, Mark Gatiss has played a lot of roles within Doctor Who, both on screen and in Big Finish, including his own version of the Master. I, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's got to a point where it'd be kind of hard to separate him from the other roles he's played within Doctor Who, both as an actor and as a writer. Yeah. Um, there you go. Oh this, wow! That, that is... there is Sean Pertwee. 
This, this here is Paul McGann. How weird is that? You mean poetry, yeah. Uh, John Pesci, yeah. Yeah, that's almost perfect. Isn't it? Isn't it just? Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy. And here he is when he dressed up as his dad for Halloween. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's the act? only option, isn't it, really? Does he act? Yeah, yeah, he's in Gotham. Oh, yeah, I've mentioned, yeah, yeah, yeah. BBC, like, dial this guy up. <laughs> I feel that's something people would 100% want to see. Why would they not? Yeah. Like, and, like, they're, they're even, um, yeah, even uh, fans, like, people who remember the classic series, like, uh, next to Tom Baker, when it came to Classic Who, poetry was kind of the second biggest in that classic Doctor lineage. Some people would consider. I found some really great well, convention been... footage from 1999 when Doctor Who wasn't on the end. The only two Doctors at this panel are Pertwee and McCoy and John Pertwee mm-hmm. comes out in his full Doctor gear. Oh, he was doing like stuff like as the um, third Doctor like for years after he was done the show, wasn't he? Yeah, as well as um, Wurzel Gummidge as well because my mum has met um, John Pertwee Really? Um, for those who don't know me, I'm from Hull, as you can tell from my accent. Um, and there was a fate on in Hull, and John Pertwee turned up in full Wurzel Gummidge um, costume and makeup. Wow, brilliant. Yeah, how amazing is that? I'm just looking at something, because if we're talking about John Pertwee's love for Doctor Who, I just want to hear it is. Can I find a better image of that? There was a recast in a stage show, a Doctor Who stage show. And uh, I, we the, the stage show is on YouTube. It's not the best quality, but we 100% have to uh, do a video on it. Can I share screen again? But this is what I'm talking to you about. Doctor Who, the ultimate adventure. Oh, no way. So, so Colin Baker both did it? Um, John Pertwee did it first, and then Colin Baker took over. That's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's yeah, interesting. you can watch the full thing on YouTube. Um, Which yeah, actor? With what, sorry? Which actor is it in the YouTube Oh, there's one? both. The Colin Baker one's slightly better quality, I believe. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that's where's cool. that from the 80s? Uh, does it say on the poster? Well, when was Baker Doctor? I imagine it was 90s, 80s, that kind of time. Um, it doesn't seem to say on the poster anywhere. All I know is it's Monday to Saturday at 7.30. Matinees are on Thursday and Saturday at 2.30pm. So yeah, get down to Swansea to see that. <laughs> um, Let's go. Yeah. So yeah, if they're going to bring back the third Doctor... We have agreed that Sean Pertwee is the only person yeah. who can like, After it. seeing him in the role, I know that he does actually work. It only makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, second Doctor, Patrick Troughton, who has actually been played by Fraser Hines, Peter Damon, Tom Larrier, and David Cocker across stand-ins and big Finnish productions. So he has who been... Who is it that played, played him in an adventure in space and time? Reese Shearsmith from um, League of Gentlemen. And he's, he definitely sounded the part, but I know kind of there are a lot of fans who feel like he didn't resemble him quite 
closely enough. Yeah, I feel they just put a wig on him and that was it. But I feel like I would be happy for him to take over. Not take over, but yeah. play that role. I feel like you just put yeah. a bit more makeup on him and, you know, that, that he was in that for, what, 30 seconds, if that? Mm. I mean, I feel like it would take a lot of work and thinking for, for a character just quite so kind of distinct as the second Doctor. And I feel like there's a lot of kind of... A lot of people consider the second Doctor in a way to be kind of the first version of the Doctor that we are familiar with today. Kind of he set the uh, precedent for what kind of characteristics that we commonly expect in the Doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah I also think Charlton must have had the hardest job. Because if, if he had messed that up, there would not have been anything after that. Yeah. Do you think that they'll ever make a sort of sequel to an adventure in space and time following Charlton's time on the show? Maybe. I don't I don't think so. I feel the next thing we would get to that is in oh twenty fifty five when we get mm. how Russell T. Davis <laughs> brought Doctor Who back. That'd be I'd love to i I'd, I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, of course I would. I'd love to watch that. It'd be great. Mm. Like David Tennant as a little cameo role. He's like the butler or something like that. <laughs> No, I've been for that. So, the last Doctor that we currently know of, um, the first Doctor, originally played by William Hartnell, and um, by the time the five Doctors had come around, Richard Herdle in um, took over the role, better known for his uh, performance in Blake Seven. Fun facts about Richard Richard, uh, Richard Herdle is apparently he died. He, he died less than six months after filming of the five Doctors. And some really? people say he died before he'd even got his paycheck. Seriously? I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. old was he? Oh, I can't remember. But apparently, <laughs> even even when filming The Five Doctors, he was having health problems. Christ. Yeah. It's not so a good track record, is it? <laughs> and then after that, David Bradley in 2017, with, uh, and also gone on to do Big Finish as well. Hmm. I mean, obviously, that, that's easy for now, uh, yeah. bringing back David Bradley. Um, he really works in the role. People have been very kind of open, you know, big fans of him in the role. Um, I feel like you'd have to wait a while to bring him back, though, after um, Twice Upon a Time. Um, no, definitely, yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like you could. I feel like it's done. I feel like you need the you big think, gap. You don't think they could bring... Hmm. Maybe for the maybe like, for an anniversary, but you couldn't just do that as a one-off. Yeah, it's like, as with many, um, especially kind of the classic doctors, bringing them back alone wouldn't be enough. It would need to be a bigger crossover event of multiple classic Who doctors. Yeah. Oh, I'm also forgetting a recast of the first Doctor as well that we mentioned earlier, when you thought that the classic doctors had recorded lines for the fiftieth. In, oh, that, yeah. in, in that sequence, you hear the first Doctor say, call in the Council of Gallifrey, this is the Doctor. Now, chron- uh, in, the, in the actual show, you never hear the first Doctor say Gallifrey. Mm. It's never established what his home planet is, I don't think. If not, it's never given a name. So that's actually yeah, a voiceover double. Oh, interesting. Like a big finish one. Um, no, I, I thought I wrote his name down. Hartnell, Hetner. Nope, nope. I haven't wrote his name down, but I will if I remember I'll edit it in. But um 
yeah, he's done like fan stuff as well. But I think he's like a voice actor. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they brought someone in just to say that line. No, yeah, it is interesting. When I imagine they could have found another line to put in. But I kind of like it though. I kind of like the fact that they sort of brought that character back to life, even for that one line, as brief as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas, you could hear it quite distinctly amongst all the voices. Yeah, whereas now they would get David Bradley to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Since he's done Big Finish. Do you know the, the David Bradley Big Finish First Doctor Adventures dropped on Christmas Day 2017, the same day Twice Upon a Time came out. Did they? The Big Finish must have been like, we need to capitalize on this best we can. Yeah, I mean, you know, when someone's like in the limelight, makes yeah. sense. So, out of all of those, which ones would you like to see? Alongside Jodie, um, you can team them up because obviously I'd really like to see um, Chris, David, Matt, and Peter. I think the three that stand most to me are going reverse from the reverse order we did is um, Sean Pertwee to come back as the Third Doctor. Yeah. Another reason for that is kind of is kind of something that's kind of been hinted at at Spyfall and a few other episodes of Jodie's that. In a way, uh, this era is almost a kind of re, I don't know, rejigging of kind of that poetry era in that it's very action-oriented yeah. and kind of they have these special effects. So to bring back kind of the action doctor and have them go on a kind of action adventure would be quite cool. Yeah. Um, like I've already said, the ninth doctor, I think, would be incredibly exciting that's the one i want to see the most definitely yeah so just those two or do you have a third um and then i think bringing back um both capaldi and matt the moffat era doctors i think because the two of them have never properly played off each other they're they're doctors yeah them both come back and see how they would work off each other and interact would be cool in addition to how they did interact off jody Tenant, um, Tenant, of course, is kind of an obvious choice because he's still beloved, will never not be beloved. Um, and, you know, recently voted the most popular doctor. Um, it, I think it would, I'm just kind of wary of the fact that obviously Tenant is very involved with kind of big finish and such, with the Time War Victoria stuff, with him doing that story with uh, Tom Baker. And it's been recently announced he's going to have another kind of volume of adventures. Um, it's just you don't want to become well, oversaturated. Saturated. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I know he's yeah, up for it. I know, yeah. I know he said in an interview, he said he'd be up for doing the 60th. I feel if I feel this is the last time as well that 10 could convincingly come back for an anniversary special. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to see him back. Like, I might always be happy to see him back, but yeah, yeah I feel like on the show at least, one more time is the most that you could do with him. Yeah, because um, the first Doctor returned, he's returned three times in the three Doctors, the five Doctors and Twice Upon a Time. The second Troughton's Doctor... Yeah, the, yeah, Troughton was in the three Doctors and the five Doctors. Per tweet oh, and the, the two fu- Doctors. Oh, and the two Doctors, yeah. He's returned three times then, yeah. yeah. Per tweet, yeah. Um, just the five just Doctors... Points. Davison, Time Crash, Baker Never, 
uh, sorry, P- uh, Tom Baker, uh, Dave Doctor, Colin Baker never, Sylvester McCoy never. Sorry? Do you not count the five doctors? Uh... Return <laughs> definitely not. Sylvester McCoy never. Paul McGann's returned once. So, yeah, I feel like yeah, two or three times is the most you can return. I feel this is the last time yeah. ten can convincingly return. Yeah, I feel like a f- third time after that would feel like oversaturation. Yeah, definitely. Or, yeah. or almost desperation because I feel like some people interpreted the two doctors as a little bit, you know. But that was when the show was really kind of at a loose end, wasn't it? <laughs> just a little bit. How? W- oh, one second. I'm just looking for a pen because I have something interesting to tell you, Harry. Really? For yeah. me personally? <laughs> Did you know that the 13th Doctor and the 10th Doctor have met already? Yes. They were, they were on Broadchurch together. I mean the I characters, not the actors, Harry. The tenth Doctor and the fourteenth oh. Doctor. <laughs> I thought you were doing a dumb bit there. Uh, no, no. In um, a series of thirteenth Doctor comics, there has been a crossover with the tenth Doctor. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I gave it a read this morning. Um, this is the opening synopsis. Not so long ago, the tenth Doctor and Martha were attacked by the Weeping Angels. Now the thirteenth Doctor and her fam travel to 1969 to party at Woodstock, or so they think. Would you like to hear more? Perhaps, yeah. Okay, so the comic starts inside 13's TARDIS, and it's not flying correctly. Um, Their current plan is to go to Woodstock, which is the American music festival from 1969, probably one of the most famous music festivals of all time. Um, The hopes of going there. They land and they get out the TARDIS. It is 1969 and Graham gets very emotional saying how he's always wanted to go to Woodstock and now he's got the chance thanks to this old blue box. Um, And then they turn around and they realise they're not in America, they're actually in London and coincidentally they stood outside the Houses of Parliament. Um, The doc realises that London 1969 is also the time where Martha and the 10th Doctor got zapped back to in Blink. Oh, uh, yeah. So, we cut to 10 and Martha, uh, 1969. Martha is just getting ready to go to her job as a shop. Because you remember in those little Easter egg videos, oh, she complains yeah. that she sure. now has a job at a shop. So she's just getting ready to go to her shop. The Doctor is working on his timey-wimey detector. Um, they have a brief argument about how the first rule of time travel should be to not lose your time machine. And the doctor has some really great lines in this. He says, basically says the reason he can't go work at the shop is, is he says, selling human things to humans, definitely a better job than I would, uh, definitely doing a better job than I would. Um, he has some really great, a lot of 10th Doctor um, comics you read and they don't really sound like 10, but this one really does. And we then get a flashback to how the Doctor and Martha got to 1969. They're exploring for ghosts in an old house and they get zapped by a weeping angel in the dark. We then cut back to the 13th Doctor and her fam walking around London. 13 explains that um, she got stuck here before with Martha Jones. There's a really funny line where she opens like a wallet or purse whatever and looks through identity cards of previous incarnations of herself and pulls out one of the 10th doctor to which ryan um replies with that's right you used to be a bloke 
Um, there's a really interesting line in this comic as well where the doctor explains the gender swap she says biological sex is flexible among my people and gender is merely a social construct which I think is pretty well sums up the reason why the doctor can change gender and I think that's something they should definitely bring into the show I know that Capaldi's doctor set up didn't he in one of his last stories yeah so the Doctor sends her fam to go and find the Doctor while she takes it upon herself to go and find Martha. Um, so, yeah, she goes to the little shop and finds Martha, who uh, who is working in the little shop with her new friend. I can't remember what her friend's name. I didn't get, uh, I didn't get, a, uh, get a name. But Martha is already telling her new friend about her feelings for the Doctor and is still going on about the fact she fancies the Doctor and the Doctor doesn't fancy her. And 13 walks into the shop and Martha asks what the 13th Doctor's name is. Now, what would the Doctor's normal response to that be if someone asked the Doctor's name? Well, they'd just say I'm the Doctor, wouldn't they? Oh, what's his pseudonym? Oh, John Smith, of course. Yeah, obviously, can't say John Smith no more, can he? Can she? No. So the name no, that the name that the comics have now given, which I think is a nice little touch, I didn't pick up on it at first, is just changed John to Jane, so the new name is Jane Smith. Which, oh, yeah, exactly yeah. right, Sarah Jane Smith. This is quite a nice yeah. little, uh, nice little touch, right? I really mm. liked that. Um, yeah, that makes me smile. Yeah, so the doctor's now starts questioning Martha about any strange activities that's gone down, and so it cuts to the end. Uh, this is a multi-part doctor's um, comic, and I've only I only read the first one, and we get to the end, and the doctor leaves, and Martha leaves, and she comes back to get a coat, and while she gets a coat, um, her co-worker gets zapped by Weeping Angel and sent back in time. And it says, to Uh-oh. be continued. Huh. Actually, no, that's good for the comics, because the comics aren't tied down to how the actors look or whether their voice they're alive. They can get whoever they want from wherever in the show and just like throw them together, can't they? No, yeah, definitely, yeah. And I feel like people I understand when they is... read the comics as well that there isn't as much of a canon... The, the canon isn't as relevant as it is with Big Finish. Right, yeah. And I suppose there is kind of like the risk of with being able to do literally anything that mm. you could kind of fall into an area that's a bit fan fiction-y. Um, like but from what you described from that story, it sounds like it kind of keep thing, keeps things quite level. Yeah. Quite grounded. We've done a video yeah. like this before where we spoke about Adam Mitchell, the Doctor Who com- um, semi companion from Series One, and his reign of uh, terror. They become a villain and takes every single. <laughs> don't spoil it, don't spoil it, don't spoil it too much. We want people to go and watch the oh. video. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, go watch our long game episode. I kind of lose my mind a bit. <laughs> yeah, so I think, is there anything else we haven't said that you would like to mention? Um. I can't, I can't think of anything. We've been talking quite comprehensively for what feels like an hour. Yeah, this has been a longer one of the longest ones we've done in a long time. I'm not sure what... Well, it's a long show, and it's Doctors. I'm not sure what the next episode we're going to do is. Um, I'll have to take a look at our notes, but we do have some videos already scheduled to come out, so do subscribe and all that. And follow us on Twitter, links are in the description and all that lovely fun stuff. So I'll say goodbye. Bye-bye, everybody. Harry, do you want to say something? Bye bye. Ooh, you sexy fan.
Don't forget to click below to subscribe to the official Bigger on the Inside podcast.